0: Did you know that when you create a document in Microsoft Word, that document stores some personal information about you? And when you send it to someone else, they can see that information. Today we'll talk about how you can protect yourself. And for the Get to Know Scott segment, last week I told you about my pet peeves. This week I'm going to tell you what makes me happy. Welcome to another episode of the computer tutor tips tricks and advice from a computer pro without all the tech talk and now here is your computer tutor Scott Johnson. Hello once again, this is Scott Johnson, and you're listening to the Computer Tutor Podcast. I do computer repair right here from my home office in the Tampa Bay area of Florida, and I've been doing this kind of work since 1999. I really enjoy fixing computers. Sometimes a client might bring me a computer, and every once in a while I need to go on site, but I really do a lot of work remotely. I have about like 300 clients who have me work on their computer remotely, and neither of us needs to leave home. They just sit back and watch me work. If you have a problem with your computer, there's a good chance I can help you. Give me a call at 727-254-9078 or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And today's computer tip can be seen at my website at computertutorflorida.com slash 090. So let's get started. I use Microsoft Word all the time. Probably you do, too. It's easily the most popular word processing software in the world. Yeah, it has its faults, and most people don't take advantage of all the features that Word has to offer, and I include myself in that. We tend to use it just for our limited little purposes without checking out some of the other things that it does. Well, one of those other things it does is something that not a lot of people are aware of. When you create a Word document, it actually stores some information that you might not know it's storing. And when you send that Word document to someone else, like through an email, that information can be seen by that other person. What type of information, you might ask. And even if you didn't ask, I'm going to tell you. It's not super private information like your social security number or something like that. But it's just stuff you wouldn't necessarily want anyone that happens to read that document to know or to make public. Here's some of the things that are included in a Word file. First, the size of the file, like how many kilobytes or megabytes and how many words it contains. No big deal there. You would pretty much expect to be able to see those things. Another thing that's displayed is the total time spent editing the file. This might be something you want to know. For example, if you're writing a book and you started writing it a year ago, it might be good to know that you've spent a total of 700 hours editing that that book. That tells you that over the past year, you've spent an average of two hours a day, roughly, writing your book. On the other hand, if you send this file to a potential publisher, you don't want to tell them you've averaged four hours a day or about 1,500 hours total Because the publisher can see that same information and will know that something doesn't add up. Also included with the Word file is the name of the author or authors. Can you guess how this might cause a problem? Well, imagine you're a college student and you've got an assignment. Your assignment is to write a 3,000-word essay on a particular subject. And, of course, you have to write the whole thing yourself. You can't put an ad on Craigslist and hire someone to write it for you although I have seen ads like that on Craigslist. But you're an honest person, so you do, you do write the whole thing yourself. Then you send it to your friend Steve to proofread. Well, he corrects a few typos and sends it back to you. What do you think the professor's going to say if he checks the document information and sees your name and Steve's name listed as the author's? Multiple authors. Who knows? Maybe he'll understand and accept your explanation about the proofreading, Or maybe he'll give you a zero on the paper for not writing it all by yourself. It's just something you should be aware of. And finally, there are comments. This could potentially be the worst thing to have revealed. Here's a scenario where that might be an issue. Let's say you're looking for a new job. So you create your resume in Microsoft Word, as a lot of people do. And in the private comments, you make a list of about 50 different companies where you're going to submit this resume. You might write a cover letter telling the potential employer how much you would enjoy working for that company and how much you like their company. But that might not be too impressive to the employer if he or she looks in the comments section and sees that you told the same thing to 49 other places. The point is, you need to be careful about what information you put in your Word documents and be aware of what's in there whenever you send that document to another person by email. Well, that leaves two questions. How do you find out what information is in a Word document, and how do you get rid of it if you want to? Fortunately, it's pretty easy to find this stuff. Unfortunately, you can only remove some of it. If you use Word 2007 or earlier, I really can't tell you the exact process because I haven't used that version in quite a long time. But the process is probably fairly similar to the way it's done for Word 2010 or 2013, which is as follows. Just open a Word document and click on File and then Info. Now, over on the right-hand side of the screen is the list of document properties. Right there is where you'll see what information is stored sort of behind the scenes in this Word document. Now, to get rid of some of it, look for the button that says Check for Issues. And when you click on that, you'll see a list of things you can check for. Easiest thing is just to put a checkmark in front of every one of them. But at the very least, you want to make sure you have a checkmark in front of the one called Document Properties and Personal Information. Then click on the button called Inspect. The next window is going to tell you what was found, and right next to it is a button that says Remove All. Just click that, and you're done. At that point, the document is as clean as it can be. However, some of your information is probably still there. You'll still be able to see the file size, the total amount of time spent editing it, how many words it has, those kind of things. What's been deleted is the more personal information, such as the author name, or names, the subject, and your comments. So you can probably see it's a good idea to check the document properties for any Word document before you email it to someone. It's just a good habit that might save you a headache at some point in the future. Last week on the Get to Know Scott segment, I told you about some of my pet peeves. I got a pretty positive response to that. I wasn't too sure how that would go over because, you know, it can be kind of a downer listening to someone complain about stuff they don't like, but apparently some people liked it. In fact, I got this voicemail from some guy named Dave Jackson. Hey, Scott, it is Dave Jackson, and I was uh, listening to your episode on the Control-Shift key tip. i got to tell you, I've been using computers forever, and I'm going to run, not walk, to the nearest computer and get to uh, iTunes and uh, leave a review. That is awesome, because I've done that numerous times also want to let you know I'm really thoroughly enjoying the Get to Know Scott segments because they're quick, simple, and uh, they're always kind of entertaining. I thoroughly enjoyed your, your pet peeves today and uh, would love to know uh, if you're getting any feedback on your pet peeves. I, I think they're a, a cool addition to the show. So I say keep them in case you're thinking of losing them. And uh, thanks for a great podcast, man. I always look forward to uh, to Mondays. Take care. Well, thanks, Dave. Glad you're enjoying the show. And for those of you that don't know, Dave Jackson actually had a big part in helping this podcast come into existence. Dave has his own podcast called The School of Podcasting Morning Announcements, and that's where he talks about all things podcasting. I came across that a couple of years ago, and when I decided to start my own podcast, I joined The School of Podcasting, and Dave helped me set that up. You can find Dave over at schoolofpodcasting.com. And if you're thinking about doing your own podcast, he's definitely the guy to talk to. Anyway, this week, I wanted to tell you about some of the things that I really enjoy. Stuff that makes me happy. One thing I really like is running. But I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on that because there's actually enough for a whole segment on its own. And maybe that's what we'll talk about next week. We'll see. I also enjoy playing with my two puppies. We have two Yorkie puppies And they are just two balls of energy, and they just love to play all the time. Sometimes during the day, I have to take a break from working here at home, and I just go wrestle around with them for a few minutes. Lily is the older one. She's about a year and a half, and Fenway is the little one. He's about eight months. But I'll tell you what really makes me happy in my heart. It's helping people that need help. And believe me, there are a lot of people in this world that need help. As you might know, one of the things I do in my computer business is that I sell laptops. Of course, before I sell them, I make sure they have the right software and that they're in good working order. Well, sometimes I'll get a laptop in that might be a little older than what I usually like to sell. Or um, I'll have a client that upgrades to a new computer, and they still have their older one that they won't be using anymore. So I have these machines that still work fine, and I get a real kick out of just giving them away. I'll tell you a story of one of them. I got a phone call from someone right here in my town. I'll call him Pete, but that's not his real name. Pete sounded pretty discouraged when he called me. He had spilled coffee on his laptop, and now it wouldn't boot up. So he was calling me because he was wondering if I could fix it or if I had a cheap computer that he could buy. Well, Pete's situation was kind of unusual because he didn't use the laptop just to do Facebook or play games like a lot of people do. Pete had actually been out of work for several months, so he used his computer for a couple of very important things. He used it, number one, to look for a job, and he also used it to continue to apply for unemployment. So with the computer not working, he couldn't do either one of those things. He didn't know where to turn or what to do. He told me he tried using the free computer and Internet access at the uh, local library but it didn't work very well, so that really wasn't an option for him. At the moment when he called, I remembered I did have one laptop available for sale at the time, but it was kind of one of the high-end the laptops that I usually sell. Most of my laptops are priced between $275 and $325, and this one was $325. He said he was going to think about it and let me know if he'd be able to buy it. Well, after we hung up, I couldn't help but continue to think about him and what he could do. He really was kind of stuck, but what really stayed with me was the sound of despair in his voice, you know, when we were talking on the phone. Then I remembered about a laptop I had, aside from the one I had told him about. This was one that I was planning to fix up and sell. It was not the fastest or the newest, but it still worked fine, and it was up to date with Windows 7 and all the security software that I recommend. So I double-checked it, made sure it was all good. Then the next morning, I called Pete back. Well, when I talked to him, I said, how about if I just come over and take a look at your laptop and see if there's any chance of getting it working again? And he was fine with that. So, and he just actually lives just a few blocks from my house. So I was knocking on his door just a few minutes later. I went inside and took a look at his laptop. Really was in bad shape. And that's not even considering the coffee that got dumped on it. Honestly, I was kind of surprised he was even able to use it at all. It was old and outdated, the touchpad didn't work, and the power cord would only work when you wiggled it sort of into a certain position, and I think um, some of the keys were missing too. Anyway, I knew there was no hope for bringing this laptop back to life. So I said, okay, hang on a second, let me go get something for my car. I went out and I brought back in the Lenovo laptop that I had set up the night before after I talked to him on the phone. I set it on his kitchen table, right next to his old Junker laptop, and I told him, this is a laptop that used to be used in a business office, so it's reliable. It has Windows 7, has all the Windows updates, and it has all the security software you need, and it has Wi-Fi, so you can get online with it right here from your kitchen table. And it's yours. While I was describing the computer, I could see on his face he was thinking, I know Scott wants to sell me this computer, but I don't really think I can buy it. Well, that changed to confusion when I told him I was just giving it to him. He started to ask, what? Why? I don't understand. And I just told him that sometimes I like to help people. This was one of those times. Well, after that, he couldn't stop telling me thank you and that this was such an answer to his prayers and that it would be such a big help in finding employment. He just couldn't believe it. Well, I have to tell you, from my point of view... Having the resources and the ability to help someone like Pete, someone that needs help and deserves help, is just amazing. If you haven't done something like this lately, you should. Doing stuff like that is what really makes me happy. And along those lines, if you have an older computer, preferably a laptop, that still works but you don't use it anymore, and you'd like for it to make its way to a good home, I'd love to make that happen. Of course, all of your personal documents and pictures and everything would be deleted, so no one would ever have access to that. And if you want, I'll tell you the story of whoever it is that ends up with your laptop. So if you have any questions about that, get in touch with me. You can always call my podcast voicemail line at 727-386-9468 or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. So that's it for this week. As always, I'll see you back here next Monday morning with another computer tip. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Computer Tutor Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a suggestion for a future topic, you're welcome to do so at my website, computertutorflorida.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free Monday morning email newsletter. If you have a computer problem, give me a call at 727-254-9078. In many cases, I can take care of a problem remotely, so it doesn't matter if you're here in Florida, up in Maine, or way out in California. I'd love to help. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. God bless.